0: Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, welcome back. Happy New Year. This is the last Land and Legacy podcast of twenty twenty one. Uh Matt and I are here. Uh hopefully I'll be able to carry most of the conversation today as Matt's dealing with uh <laughs> something I was dealing with a week and a half ago. Um Yeah.
1: My, my my voice is does not have much strength right now, so as you can probably pick up on the audio, Adam's gonna be carrying the bulk and I'm probably gonna be doing a lot of mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those and, type of uh, comments.
0: Oh man, it, you know it's been a it's been a wild ride for 2021. I said this mm, on the other podcast yeah. this week with Chad, and I'll say it with you, Matt. It's like unbelievable how fast this year went. Um, it's crazy. Almost, it feels like in the world, and in in especially in the U.S. ever since the pandemic, that it's just like everything. It's it's a weird realm that we're in because it kind of feels like slow motion. But then you look back and you're like, it's like fast forwarding, like two double yeah. speed. Because yeah. you know, you're like, Oh, I'm stuck at home when this started and everybody's home and doing that and then all of a sudden two you know, two weeks of flatten the curve and uh and then here we are Two years two later two years later going, Wow. We're already two years through and we're still dealing with this and, and it's yep. just been a weird it's been a weird <laughs> couple of years. And uh, you know, for us we've been plugging away and consulting like crazy and you know, and then you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, we've got we worked with that guy, that guy, that guy, that region, that region. I was here. I was there. I was there. And you're like, my goodness, we've been a lot of places even with yeah. this pandemic going on.
1: Well, and that's the that's a really cool thing. And I don't want to derail the podcast with this statement because we could talk about it for hours. But and that is the the thing that we always go back to. Why we love land, like the escape, the ability to get away and just get outside and something that is just real and tangible and that is just out I don't want to like over dramatize it, but like it's authentic, you know what yeah. I mean, It's like man, there's just something just peaceful and real about being outside and working with creation, and we're blessed every day that we get to do that, yeah, but
0: regardless of it, what's going on in the world. Right the, right. the deer are still rutting, the ducks are still migrating, and the turkeys still
1: gobble. And God is still in control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, like that, that, that just gives me like this rejuvenating deal. Like I'm a, I'm a morning person. And so like, especially, especially now, cause it's shorter days, I'm sitting here drinking coffee and watching the sunrise and for the past, I don't know week or so the, the sunrises have been just amazing now i'm inside the house but i'm still looking outside like that's amazing like that yeah. that's just like the day starter for me and it just sets the tone and being able to get outside and among <coughs> this all craziness and just be a part of the land work the land see that improvement man it's just it's, it's refreshing
0: yeah there's no really you know uh <laughs> reason to get worried in in the world when you look at fleshly men and the things they do and you're right. like oh yeah uh. but as as god's in control i guess the only time i'd be worried is if something drastically happened in his creation it was like whoa what's going on yeah. then i'd be like oh the, the world really is gone crazy yeah right yeah. right <clears throat> but yeah no that's the that's a good reminder of 2020 2021 20 going into 2022 now is like just take a breath, get outside, take in some fresh air and realize Absolutely. that no matter who the president is, who's in Russia, who's in China, there is a, a greater power. And that's mm-hmm. and that's who we uh, that's who we worship. That's who we follow. So um, that's right. uh, anyway, and go buy land. <clears throat> if yeah, you don't have it. Go if get you don't some. have it. You ought to. Yeah. Go buy some. It'd be pretty cool if you did. <laughs> um uh and the, yeah and, and find ways to enjoy it and escape and use it as a refuge um yep and uh and then call us, listen to us, let us help you yeah, yeah help, love let us to help you avoid it. those mistakes, yeah, <clears throat> and anyway, um, you know one thing as we are going into twenty twenty two we're rolling into uh January full-fledged habitat season. We've already got guys that are tagging us in chainsawing posts and uh TSI work and and that's just a, another reminder guys to uh to check out our social media pages. Um and tag us in your work. I would love to see I love seeing all the work people are doing. We've got people messaging yes. us about work that they're doing and uh and um, asking for comments and different things, and I love seeing all that, um, as well as following along on any major announcements. You know, next week we're going to be unveiling some uh, some pretty cool stuff, so be sure to check us out on social media and uh, YouTube as well. And um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to the future, Matt. And I mean, uh, it's
1: it, it, it's bright and it's <laughs> it's a really cool time frame for us um, as a company. Where we're going, what we're doing, and um, again, we, we cannot do it without you who who's listening right now. And um, your guys's support is is fuel for us. And the improving of land that you guys do and that you share with us is additional fuel. You know, this is not this is this we're not basing success off of the number of people who listen to the podcast. We base success off of the amount of acres that are changed and improved and when you guys share with us um, and that is that is very encouraging for us to see across the country every region great practices being done and implemented and, and we we really appreciate you guys' support through this mission of land conservation land improvement <clears throat> restoration um, and, and just overall more enjoyment what's what's
0: awesome is <sighs> I noticed more and more posts and videos of guys who are performing timber stand improvement or they're doing invasive species control or they're uh, edge feathering. That seems to be a big one where I see more and more guys doing that and less of strictly hinge cutting or planting straight monocultures of of grass um it seems like there's more people who are starting to implement a lot of these practices that we talk about each and every week Mm -hmm. and it's refreshing to know that yeah even if we've helped a tiny bit and moving that needle over to true land management uh, man it feels awesome to be a part of it
1: yeah and and not because it's like there's not a technique out there that we're like that's that's our technique it's just These are the techniques that we believe in, that we know, and we see, and have value, and they have value on the land. And when we see people do them, like we support those type of techniques, we see people doing them, it's just refreshing. No doubt. We're we're out there together doing it, guys. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt.
0: As we get ready for 2022, um, can you hear that? Did
1: you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. Oh my
0: goodness! My youngest is ripping she's, it out there. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> she's probably letting her older sister know about it. She's a yeah. she's a pistol. Um, anyway, um, um, I was going to lead into you know when we talk about planting season coming up and and all the things, guys. Uh, like when it comes to um, you know you're trying to manage and you're trying to save money and you're trying to make the biggest impact. One of the ways that we've cut costs significantly when it comes to planting food plots is, is using Stratton seed company. Um, and let's be as transparent as possible. If you're in a part of the country where seed rates or shipping rates from Arkansas are, uh, you, you probably aren't saving a ton of money because of the amount of shipping. That's why it's important to try freight? to sign up yeah. with, especially now with freight costs the way they <laughs> are and inflation kicking in. Um, You know, we need to be uh, looking for new dealers, but we have Stratton's put a person in in the mid-Atlantic over there around your old stomping grounds, Matt, to where um, they're doing their best to get people across the country uh, to help get the seed uh, at affordable prices and quality seeds. So you can check them out at uh, strattonseed.com or go strattonseed.com. And, uh, you know, as we prepare for, uh, 2022 maybe it's maybe you've been toying the idea why don't you um reach out to them about possibly becoming a dealer and uh totally. and go from there
1: totally yeah you know, anyway, we've got a an interesting topic this week to to discuss and um i'm I'm just going to introduce it, and, and it, we we talked about it while we were actually sharing the sharing the road and the truck trip, trip uh, last week, and then I'll we'll just kind of let you uh, run with it. But um, you know what? When people are sending in consultation inquiries through the website, um, I'm the generally the person that responds. But w- one of the questions that I, is is always asked to be provided for information's sake is what are your top Three goals for your property, or or, or what do you want to get out of the consultation? Like, how are we going to be able to best serve you? What are you trying to achieve? And, um, naturally, and to to no shock, many people are discussing, um, they want to harvest mature deer, like, that is a very common goal um, that many people seek on their property. Great goal, fantastic goal. Have no issue with that goal but the today's podcast is is kind of addressing saying should our goal be to harvest mature deer or because of your region because of your property because of where you're at in the country and your state regulations should our should our goal first and foremost be produce mature deer then, harvest them because i think that there is a <coughs> it's always difficult to age deer i know we you know there's a there's a group chat between you me chad um and we're always sending pictures from your guys's place um elam ridge my lease or iowa or, or wherever we've got cameras out just looking at aging deer and like we generally all agree on yeah eight classes of deer aging them on the hoof but sometimes it's like, I don't know, man, that thing could, you could make an argument for this and for that. And, and uh, all that to be said, and,
0: we and, deal with
1: it. And that's something and too,
0: that, that's something too, that, you know, QDMA <laughs> formerly or formerly QDMA NDA now um, they always have asked the biologist and they had that yeah. segment where they had these guys yeah. and you'll see variance in, in their opinion um, absolutely in, in aging a deer and i think that um it's quite humorous to uh to to watch um uh like a, a a television show shoot a deer that is i mean when i say it would be hard to make an argument that he's 5 plus 4 plus the deer is clearly 3 and they're calling him a big old buck um and the, a mature deer, and you're like, nah. that's the that almost steps into a pet peeve of mine of of being like, just, just stop trying to make it something it's not. Like, it, who cares if you're happy that that he's the size he is? Great, but don't like start going into it trying to make it something that it's not.
1: Yeah, like like I, I guess the whole the whole reason of bringing that up is <clears throat> there. There's very few times where the body does if, – if it's a mature deer, fully mature deer, that it doesn't scream out to you that there's no doubt that he's mature. Yeah. If you're questioning it, probably not mature. Yeah. But, but the issue is with the statement of I want to harvest mature deer is that first and foremost, they have to be on the landscape first for you to even have the opportunity to harvest them. A mature yes. deer isn't necessarily the largest deer. Mm-hmm. That you have pictures of, yeah. there can be great deer that when you are say
0: largest, cr- you're talking about antler size, <laughs> correct, not correct. body
1: yep. right, right, like it doesn't have to be the biggest antler deer Bec- you know I guess what I'm saying is like a lot of times people are like, well, I want to kill the biggest deer that I can, um like that that's my goal for the for the property, whatever the biggest deer is i I want to be able to target that But that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that's the most mature deer so so but but in general, we all know, can all agree that the more deer bucks that get to four and a half plus, really five and a half and older, you're going to have larger deer and you have more of them to be able to encounter and harvest. So therefore your success rate is going to go up. So the, the goal really shouldn't be, I want <clears throat> to harvest mature deer. It's, First and foremost, I need to produce them, and I need to get bucks to age. No doubt, and and a lot of times in in many regions, and, and this is very broad, extremely broad. When I just throw out these areas <clears throat> that we work and we see, but like I think of states such as parts of Tennessee, parts of Alabama, parts of Georgia, parts of Arkansas, parts of Missouri, parts of um, Virginia, parts of certainly Pennsylvania, these are areas that like Michigan, yeah, where where, where the number or or the percentage of mature bucks in a population is generally very low. North Carolina, like the list goes on, but most hunters, whether they have show cameras out or not, from, from an eyewitnessing standpoint, there's not much opportunity to know if those deer are, Old Because, my goodness, there's just very small fraction. We're talking like maybe 5% of the uh, entire population is, is four and a half and plus yep. of antler, like antlered bucks, right? We're just looking at buck category. So it's like the goal for, for someone who might fall in that region <coughs> doesn't need to be harvest that 4% <laughs> of a population. It's, well, what happens if we go and we double that? happens if we go and we create more of those deer, get them to age, we're going to double our odds. We're going to take that 4% and move it to 8% and, uh-huh. and and so on and so forth. So it's like, really, what <clears throat> what's the balance of um, mature, mature bucks in an existing population? Well, I think of like, you know, um, uh, four different like rough age classes. we got yearly bucks, you've got um let's say button bucks, you have yearlings, two and a half, three and a half, and four and a half plus. That yep. four and a half plus category, like from a goal standpoint, if it's anywhere between fifteen to twenty percent of your buck population, you're doing really well.
0: No doubt. Really, really well. What I was going to say for those guys that are like in all those regions you mentioned previously, you know, we see a lot of trail camera pictures with visiting our clients and and (coughs) listeners sharing. And the one thing that kind of rings true is if you're in one of those areas and you're sending like, this is the biggest deer on the farm. This is the one I'm chasing. I mean, I would say almost more times than not, the deer is clearly three to me. And... At the very max, he's four. And so it seems like that there's this common theme where you rule out the areas like southern Iowa and parts of Illinois, but you look and you say, you know what? The age class, the average age of the the deer, the bucks on your property right now, the average age is maybe two. Right. Uh, Because there's a few three-year-olds, there's a whole lot of yearling bucks, there's a lot of button bucks. Um, and there's there's a decent amount of two and a half, but you're clearly losing your You're clearly losing the bucks. Once they reach two and a half, it's like fall off the the back of the slope pretty quickly. Not many deer right. at all are four and a half, and, and
1: and and that's so common. And 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 I I do want to stress and make sure people people realize we're not saying that your goal has to be should be harvest. Four and a half and older deer, four, you know, four and a half years and older. You do whatever you want, but we're we're talking to the mass of people who are listening here, and if this is your goal. Then we need to be realistic about the opportunities that are currently present within the population to even accomplish your goal. Yeah, and 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 we're not trying to sit here and say, <clears throat> I want to shoot bigger deer. We're not trying to grow inches. Like that. That's where really the conversation gets down to is we're, we're trying why are you trying to make bigger deer why are you trying to grow inches of antler on a deer's head when really you just need more mature bucks like yeah. if you had more mature bucks you would you wouldn't care if it was scored 157 or 153 it doesn't matter because you have three of them out there to go run and chase, again like it, do, it doesn't. You, you really just don't care at that point. Uh, it, it's not a number of inches necessarily. It's it's let's ch- of one deer, right? Because that's again most people are like, oh, that's that's the one deer. That's the one deer on target. Let's have a target-rich environment. Let's create that environment where you could be wildly successful and encounter mature deer on a more frequent basis. That would be awesome. Who doesn't want that?
0: That's right. That's right. I. I to me, it, it's kind of one of those things, the reality, but also the everyone's wish. I mean, yes, um, the realistic side is not everyone's going to be able to shoot a four and a half year old buck. But nine out of ten hunters, or eight out of ten hunters, would say I want to shoot a mature buck. That would be what I target, but the reality is there's just not many around here. Yeah, and they believe that yeah, you know, they they'll never be around here. When that's totally not true. They could right. be around here, but people just you have to wait it out. You have to play the game of going okay, let's let's bring the age structure up. Let's stop shooting them at three and a half. Let's 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 let them get a little older.
1: And you guess what that means? <clears throat> you have to eat Sometimes, tag soup some yes. years so years, if if they're not there, that doesn't mean you alter your goals and and just say well i I need to shoot a buck, but if your goal is to harvest mature bucks, you cannot <clears throat> shoot with their super young.
0: One thing that has been on my mind, and I'll probably I'll probably I'm probably gonna lose some points with people when I say this, but I always try Uh-oh. to speak my opinion theres a little bit Maybe of. you a, always try to yeah, I always do <laughs> um and so. <laughs> Here we are, and I feel like just because you have a tag doesn't mean you're entitled to feel it and that's,
1: that's 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 not a cold, hard truth that's just truth
0: i have it seems like there's a there's been more more people that are are trying to adopt this that line of thinking where it's it's literally a burning a hole in your pocket type of where it's like I have a tag now I got to go fill it all right, I, I filled this tag, now I've got two more to fill. Ah, that is that is not, in my opinion, going to result in healthy game populations or um, giving, especially not on a public ground, giving other people the chance of harvesting deer. Um, I've And that's just something that has really been kind of nagging at me is going, you know, just because you have tags... Doesn't mean you have to fill it, and just because yeah. it's a buck tag doesn't mean it has to be filled with a buck. If you're just looking for meat, go shoot some does.
1: <clears throat> totally, and and that's the thing. It's like, you know, <clears throat> you're not going to shoot another buck this year. No, you you harvested a great buck, but you're not going to shoot one here in Missouri. I'm not going to shoot a buck in Missouri this year. Period. Like I'm, there's not there was there was one buck that I was. Chasing and after it got shot by a neighbor, I was like, "Okay, well, darn it, there goes that opportunity." But unless something just randomly shows up, that's a very small percentage chance that's going to happen. I'm not going to shoot a buck, and guess what? It's okay. Like it's 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 totally fine. There's some does that need to be harvested, but I know my my chances next year because I didn't fill either one of my tags. But my chances next year of encountering mature deer on the properties that I'm hunting. Are going to increase. Yeah. Because if I go there and shoot a buck just to fill a tag, I, I'm not going to have that opportunity next year. No doubt. I know that's not like, <laughs> it's not like we're saying anything new that people don't know, but at the same time, it needs to be accepted and, and you need to be okay with the fact that you don't always shoot a buck. Yes. And it, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're a bad hunter. You could just be hunting in a population or in, in an area where, where the number of mature bucks that you could encounter is really low.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: that, that, that just showcases not that you're a bad hunter, but it just means that there, there needs to be work in the age structure. And <clears throat> we're going to talk about some habitat techniques that you can apply and use in the next couple months to increase the opportunity of encountering mature deer and getting deer to older age classes. But first and foremost, we gotta have trigger control and herd management before we can even talk about the habitat side of things when we're talking about getting deer to older age classes. You have to be okay with eating that tag soup.
0: Bar yeah, none. And you have to be okay with the it, possibility that your neighbor <laughs> shoots it when it was when you when you decided to elect that deer or to select to yeah. pass that deer means that you're opening the door for a neighbor to harvest it.
1: And Absolutely. and that's
0: that's a really tough pill to swallow and Matt, I want you to say something if you're okay with it to talk about um your home place and how oh, yeah. um some of the bucks that are there it's not that they're not there it's just that the age structure is not there like you know, we had a pretty yeah. good heart to heart back in probably early October about uh the, the November. November, okay, early November. Yeah. I know there was like two weeks before gun season there, yeah. Um, where we were talking about the realistic side of of that property and how, yeah. Um, you know, you, you can share that story if you totally. if
1: you care. Oh yeah. Well, this is this is the first place that my wife and I own, have owned, and and to be honest with you, I was so focused on just trying to get cover on the property ahead of season get some food out there uh, food plot wise and I just wanted to hold deer because I knew the property was just not anything special the way it was so was, that was my only goal season rolls around um and I, and I hadn't had like this honest evaluation of what is my goal and what is my expectation on the property like i I get a ton of enjoyment just watching deer out the back uh, window and whatnot, but like, well, of course I'm still going to hunt it. But here strolls in a really nice-looking ten-pointer, three-and-a-half years old, like bar none. He was tops three-and-a-half, and And, um, he shows up a couple times, and then I actually see him chasing does in the back for, I don't know, two mornings in a row, and he – I think earlier I thought he was a little bit bigger, but some of the pictures, um, yeah, I'd say he's probably 135, maybe 130 inch ten pointer. But I was just watching him, like, oh man, that's just awesome! Like, and then as soon as gun season started to draw closer, and, and mind you, I hadn't hunted the property, but but like once or twice to to try and shoot a doe and. Um, and then as gun season got a little bit closer, I was like, "Huh, <clears throat> still getting that buck." But wait a second, I own thirty-five acres, and there are lots of hunters around me, and we're we're now like five t minus five days till gun season. What What are the chances that that deer actually makes it? Like, it, it, that deer may not get shot on um, my property, but. He takes five steps out of a food plot. And he's on another a, a neighboring property where they would happily, um, you know, harvest that deer. And and I had not had that conversation with myself of like, what are you what are you really trying to accomplish here on thirty five acres, Matt? Like, are you trying to hold out for a mature deer on thirty five acres in a neighborhood with a high hunter? Density? And when you, and when
0: you say thirty five acres, that was part of our story. Is like, you know. <clears throat> If you include the yard and you include the garden area and you include the front pastures, pastures, you're realistically looking at less than 25 acres, probably more like 20 or less, that's that's designated to wildlife. Right. Right. And anybody who's dealt with that knows that, man, that is, that's, you know that doesn't take a deer very far to get on a neighboring property. And then with some of your assessment of you were walking the property line at one point, I think to do some cutting or do something. And you saw that your neighbor to the North had a blind right on the fence line. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I know the neighbor to the West is hunting or will hunt. And I know the neighbor now to the North will hunt that, that, that doesn't, uh, it doesn't give the deer a very good opportunity to stroll off the property and not encounter hunters.
1: <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. And, and again, it was part of my, I would say lack of preparation um, it, it, because it's, this is not the only place that I have to hunt that, you know, I generally just put more focus and time onto a additional lease. But when this opportunity came up, shoot, I, I feel really confident that if I had hunted um, that deer, I probably could have killed him, yeah. But I never had this like discussion with myself of, man, really? What are the expectations here on the property? Um, it, is it even realistic to think right now that I that I would have an opportunity to shoot four and a half and old older deer here on t- basically twenty five huntable acres? That's just that's just pretty unrealistic. Um, so yeah, we had that discussion, and and I was like reasoning. Uh like here kind of like laying it out. It's like, you know, what would you do? What would your expectation be? And um you know, I think we both confidently land as like if there's a really good three and a half year old, you probably ought to just whack it because of their surrounding area. Now yeah.
0: And that I was before that gun season though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still think that that has validity, but that buck and Many of the other ones that I saw they actually made it, so I'm like, "Huh, okay, that's interesting, yeah um, and, that, and, and <clears throat> that could change the
0: whole future of uh of what's realistic,
1: yeah absolutely and and again, is it because I cut in an acre and a half of bedding thicket no did ha did it help yeah, heck, yeah, it helped, but I don't think that was the, the determining factor. Um, because again, when you look at one and a half acres of an of an entire home range of that deer, it's a very small percentage of that home range. Did it help? I think so. But it is encouraging to see that. Okay, maybe I can expect a little bit more if if whether it's the proficiency of of neighbors, or just the way deer utilizing the area or how they're sucking in tight to me um right now because it's not uncommon to see ten plus deer and you know yearling bucks and two and a half year old bucks in the back field. It's not uncommon to see. It's like this is kind of getting interesting. Yeah. Do I need to reevaluate or just kinda of keep pressing on and seeing what the heck <clears throat> happens. But regardless, <clears throat> I know that if I were to shoot that deer, I'm not killing him next year again,
0: yeah, <laughs> and because he's probably the only three and a half that you saw, and maybe one other one, but maybe, it, maybe if, maybe if let's just one. say you had two three and a half year olds unless something new shows up, ultimately you have you have two deer that could make it to four and a half, and if you kill one of them that that decreases the chance of of uh, making the four and a half by fifty percent. So ultimately, absolutely, if you kill that one and your goal still stays the same as I would love to shoot a four and a half year old, you're two years out from having another batch of, of bucks that are right. you know common to see on your plays, and that's it, the big part of like, of understanding that. You know that that doesn't change, regardless of everything we do, time does not change if you're looking for a four and a half year old it's gonna take a full year for a three and a half year old to get there. That's pretty common sense but yeah, exactly the the other side of that is <clears throat> if you're killing them if there is a if there is a break in that two year old to three year old to four year old to five year old chain. Meaning if you have a small population, you know, your smaller acreage and you have, you know, just two let's just say you have five two and a half year olds and you have two three and a half year olds and then you have one four and a half year old, if you're if you're breaking that chain link at three and a half and your goal is to get to four and a half year old, you're quickly gonna see that, oh, you know, it takes a lot of time and you're gonna be very frustrated and well uh, and,
1: and what you just laid out right there of of buck dynamic it's very common yeah very very common and and i want i want to stress here that you could get pictures of of random deer that you don't know that that might be or exceed that um <clears throat> that ratio that you just threw out there yeah but that doesn't mean that that deer's living on you that you really have the like the influence … of how old that deer gets because really 90 percent of his life is spent off your property. Ninety yeah. percent of hunting season, he's he's not on you. So really you just got a picture of him. Cool. That's not a buck you're hunting. Yeah. That's not a buck that you're saving, and I'm air quoting that. What we're talking about is the, the deer that are core area, home range, on you, population or, or age dynamic. If you're trying to harvest mature deer, back up a second reevaluate and say, I just need more mature yeah. deer and yeah. grow them. Yeah. Let them get there. And and I will say this too. There's, there's really not a place in the country that I've seen like <coughs> deer get to <coughs> maturity and people really, really disappointed with antler size.
0: No, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of <coughs> times too, uh, you know we've been blessed enough to do a lot of work in pennsylvania and and uh and even some in Michigan, where a lot of times it seems like people are like, "Oh, well, they just don't get they just don't get very big here. Our mature deer are not like mature deer in other parts of the country and it's the the reality of that is your mature deer aren't really mature in a lot of cases, <laughs> right, right. The the deer you're classifying as mature are not mature. (laughs) He's mature for
1: the region. Yes. He's not mature for the animal and comparatively speaking to age um, Mm. of that animal in their entire range. And and a a big part of that…
0: Is we know, what, you know, just based on body characteristics, you can look at them and be like, yeah, that deer is most likely three. And then working with those clients going, okay, you want mature deer, understand that these deer are not mature. The deer that you're talking about being the top tier of the older deer, they're still not mature. They still need another <coughs> two years. And they've had that ability to start letting them get older. And they're like, wow, they're a lot bigger here. And it's like, yeah, they well, are because they are getting age.
1: Well, and, and let's think about that for a second. Pause for on that for a second, because to me, how encouraging is that? The fact that you're sitting here saying these are the, some of the biggest deer that I've ever seen, and they mm-hmm. need more time. Like that, to me, says, should should say to a landowner, I have a I have really big potential here. Like I have the no potential doubt. to shoot some really large deer. If if at three and a half, these are bigger deer than I've ever chased before and seen in this region. That is great, great news. And again, if your goal is to shoot them at three and a half, by gosh, start whacking. But if not, and you're trying to hold out for mature deer, then you just flat out have to hold out. It's wait a year, tag soup it, and know that my goodness, the opportunity for me to see what really holds this property holds in store and as a region standpoint, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what we can produce here. Yeah. And if they're at three, the biggest deer you've been seeing, just wait, just wait. Mm. You're you're gonna be very shocked at <clears throat> five and a half. What happens when you get, especially when you get, you know, more of them to that age class? Not every single deer is gonna have <coughs> 160 inches of antler on its head at five and a half. Yep. But the characteristics. The, the the extra points, the mass that co- continues on, um regardless of, of number of points, whatever. It, it's it's all relative to age. And and, it's so uh, cool to uh, see uh, that.
0: Not every deer is gonna make it to one sixty at five and a half. But the chances of a three and a half year old make it to one sixty are very, very slim. Um yes. not to say it won't happen. Not to say it doesn't happen, but you right. have a much better chance at five and a half than you do at three and a half
1: totally so so what what do we give people here <clears throat> adam to give them the secret sauce of accomplishing this well, how do we it, how do we do this it's, besides it's, besides trigger control how do we make the habitat it's grow it's a two
0: part system or basically there's two scenarios and it's very very simple and i think that's the part that it's it's very simple, but yet it can be very, very difficult. And I say that with gritted teeth because I've been there. But number one, like we just covered, they have to get older. That's pretty simple. Like, you, you just got to let them get older. But that That comes with a uh, totally with a couple of different scenarios. How do you get deer older? Well, you stop shooting them when they're young, obviously that 's how you do it. How do you get them older when you 've stopped shooting them, but they still don't seem to be making it to and This is a place i've been so much where Chad and I' have, over the years have have really tried to lay off you know we don 't shoot there for a while. It was like it has to be three and a half um, that, you know, the last year I shot those three and a half was sticker eight. Matt. You filmed it in 2016 um, that aired on growing deer. And that was about um, the time frame when it was like, we're still, we're still, we're, we're not shooting these deer. But even the two and two and a half don't seem to be making it three and a half. And <coughs> it was very frustrating. I know this is something a lot of people face where you're like, well, I don't know what is going on. I'm not shooting them, but they're not making it. And that's where it's like they're getting killed by neighbors and not, and maybe not even direct neighbors, the neighbor to
1: your neighbor. And well, and and that should scream, hmm. scream to anyone out there who's experiencing that lack of dense cover. Yeah. And that's the lack of influence of habitat features on your property that is strongly dictating what deer do and that's
0: the that's point number two when you go from okay i've stopped shooting them and now i need to figure out how to even carry them over because they're not making it when i'm still not shooting them and in dense cover secure cover and that comes in the form of a lot of times i don't think you know i say this that you know when people send us messages on social media and they say, is this the kind of cover you're looking at? And it's like, no, it's thicker than that. Yeah, like sure. you, you don't want to walk through it. Because yep. it's 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 five foot tall, six foot tall, and thick as can be down to the forest floor. And it's yep. not just the how many times, okay, for listeners, can you go out on your woods and you find a, a tree blown down, a tree fell over, and you walk around, and you find beds around it? That's a sign. That's the kind yep. of density they're looking for. You want horizontal woody structure. You want herbaceous plants growing up in it. You want stump sprouts. You want all of this in a half-acre to three-acre segment. And if you own many acres, you want multiple locations like that. And and you want to look at basically just visualize your property in the surrounding neighborhood as an aerial view, and then put a, since it's right after Christmas, one Christmas light for every buck on the place, and then just visualize how they would travel throughout the day and night, and over the weeks, and and if you don't have the cover, you probably know that they're making big loops, they'll be on your property for a little while, and then they'll move off the property, and they'll go on to the neighbor, and the neighbor's neighbor, and they'll just keep moving, and then they'll come back to your place, And there's no real rhyme or reason boundary. They don't care about boundary lines. They're just making big figure eights and moving all over the place. Who knows what direction they're moving. But then if you add dense cover, secure cover, improve the food source on your place, you'll notice that 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 Christmas light for each buck then starts really kind of sticking around your place. It's almost it's like, like a fly like a, flying around and then it finds a cow patty. It starts yeah. really focusing its flying right around the cow patty. And that's what you want the de- the deer to be doing where they're
1: focusing their movement around your property. We're not saying make your property a turd. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good analogy. But it, it's like it's like a nomadic lifestyle, right? Uh, you know, Native Americans used to chase game all across, you know, the the Great Plains, right? They followed the herds. That's essentially what bucks are doing if you'll have dense cover but once they learned native americans learned agriculture and could could produce their own food they shrunk down yeah how much they're traveling we need to shrink down because there's resources there available and that ultimately taking a step past the trigger control and identifying accurately what age class each deer actually is in and actually falls into And restricting yourself to to your goals, holding yourself accountable to your own stated goals. Once you can do that, and and then have the habitat in place, you'll be crushing it. Yep. Like that. That's the that's that's the recipe right there, and and it sounds simple because it actually is. Yeah. It's just difficult. To accept the fact that getting through that process, or getting to influence a population or a herd dynamic that much in a specific region is difficult. Mm-hmm. The game is easy. The strategy is easy to understand, but hard to implement because it it, it involves you eating tag soup sometimes. Yeah, it involves you. <clears throat> putting in work, and waiting. That's right. <laughs> you just have to wait.
0: And if you had the ability to to get through a hunting season without posting a hero photo on social media, this is for you. Because so many times now it seems like that's a big part of the hunt is i got to post that picture on social media. And we post our pictures on social media. But at the yeah. same time, if you can just be okay with, yeah, I, I didn't kill one this year. Uh, I shot several does. That's fine if you know this is your goal because you got to do things that other people are not willing to do if you want to kill deer that most people don't.
1: That's it, especially yeah. in your own region.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think of Jason Brazed up there in Michigan. Yeah, passing yep. a deer that so many people in his neighborhood would want to harvest, and he was able to shoot a one right around a one sixty, I believe. Yeah, uh, four yep. year old. And yeah. and it just like totally, you know, kind of told the neighborhood you can do it. You and just have to do what we've not been
1: doing. Yeah, redefined expectations. Yeah, yeah. You you can set the bar, but but to to set the bar in a higher place position in your region, you have to follow those steps. You have to. It's not about shooting a mature buck. It's about producing them. And producing them on a regular basis, one every three years
0: Is isn't, isn't what
1: we're talking about. We're, yeah. we're talking about multiple each year on your property. We're talking about consistency and knowing that, hey, if I target and I shoot one and then my son shoots another one, I've got six, four-and-a-half-year-olds that are going to be or, – or three, four-and-a-half-year-olds that are going to be moving into that next age class like you have to be looking at your lower ranks you can't this is a quote from Seth Harker you can't shoot your seed seed stock yeah that's
0: a good one <clears throat> i didn't realize you, got, you could come up with something so good i know
1: <laughs> but um that that's the that is the reality of of it all those are the type of numbers you know if again if you're if you're looking at from a goal standpoint 15 to 20% uh, of your Age class is four and a half and older, you're doing really well. Really well. Yep. That's right. So shoot for that, calculate it out, figure out if you're holding enough bucks. I guess this is <clears throat> it's kind of a staged out game, but you know, make sure you're holding enough bucks at three and a half. 'Cause of course some are going uh, every year some are gonna get killed, get uh hit by a car, die, whatever in a fight. That's gonna happen. Can't yep. control it. But make sure you're holding enough at three and a half to get them to four and a half. And and if you're realizing that, man, in my area, I just don't even have three and a half. Make sure you're holding enough two and a half and yearlings to be able to get there. Your your percentage, your weight of um age classes should increase as you go down. Mm-hmm. As you get younger, you need more of them. That's right. That's right. So hopefully That's right. I give some people some ideas some expectations to be able to maybe readjust what their goal should be, but then some real life practical advice of man you need young force, you need thick cover. You've got to have it there's there's nothing that replaces it on a recreational property that's trying to kill older age class deer. to. Yeah. Yes. To have and it's it and it's harder. not
0: I mean, one thing too is it's not just real dense pockets and then open hardwoods. You need real dense pockets and then hardwoods that have pretty decent cover but not the dense cover. Because it Thunder helps story. deer to yes. spread out and you know Forage. And forage and, and feel so comfortable no matter what. Yeah. And so um yeah, I uh yeah, I, I enjoyed it I, and hopefully, and you know, I'm very excited because uh, the amount of habitat work we've done on the, on, on farm in the last year has been like, okay, we've never done anything to this, this big of a scale. Let's see how quickly things change. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, anyway, I would
1: say, and I, I, I drove a look, still my parents here in, in town. Yeah. So the work I'd done on the property it's like, my gosh, I forgot how much I'd actually cut. I, I, I've got an you know, acre and a half to two acres of the bedding thicket done. Yeah, And then probably seven or eight acres of, of TSI done. And it's aggressive TSI. And um, it's like, I started looking around. It's like, there's a lot of trees on the ground. This is awesome. Yeah. I kind of forgot how, because it's just been spaced out just random times. I had an opportunity to do it. And it's like, wow, this is kind of adding up. Yeah, I like it. Sweet. Yeah. So it's all fun. It's all interesting, but that's the recipe for success. Hopefully, that was beneficial for everyone. Yeah, no doubt. Guys, uh, we
0: enjoyed it. We'll catch you next year or next week, right. whichever one comes first, uh, right here on Atlanta Legacy. Guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see yeah. you next week. <laughs>